Welcome to the Joy of Marketing with me, Andrew Veach. This time I'm joined by Aidan Thomason, who's the Growth Marketing Manager at Days Brewing. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Looking forward to my um, my podcast debut. <laughs> so, I know everybody's brand is different, but there really is something very unusually different <laughs> about your um, your brewing brand. Um, obviously, in in that all of your beers um, are alcohol free. So, could you maybe just sort of talk through a little bit about the brand and and, and your thinking there? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's a good place to start. That the the big differentiator is that we are completely alcohol free. Um, all our products. So we've got two two beers at the moment: the Lager and the Pale Ale, which are both zero point zero percent alcohol. But like you say, aside from that, the the big differentiator is is the brand. It's our messaging. It's our tone, and it's also our internal team. To be honest, I think a big thing for for us being completely dedicated to alcohol free is that it allows us to speak in a very very different way to the big brands who you know a, a huge part of their business is is still is still alcohol they have alcohol free options but then they're they're side by side with um with with alcohol so that kind of positioning allows us to be really honest with with what we're communicating it allows us to speak a lot more candidly we can talk about hangovers we can talk about not wanting to be on a hangover while you've got kids or um we can talk about alcohol and it's linked to to mental health and that that's a big positioning for us and it allows us to have a lot more fun as well which i think is and, something that yeah and just so i understand so, so the idea of it being called days is this because you sort of get days back because you're not suffering from hangovers is that where where it was coming from yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to to an extent, I I think we probably flipped that slightly away from the the maybe the negative of a hangover, and it's more about doing more with your days, having more time, having more opportunity, actually, yeah, giving giving yourself more ability to actually do the things you love, um, and that can be, you know, it can be anything, it can be running cycling it can be being super active which i think is something that our brand message of beer for doing definitely communicates but it doesn't have to be it can be relaxing it can be switching off reading cooking there's there's so much time that that alcohol can take away from us and 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 it gives great moments as well don't get me wrong but um it really is about yeah doing doing more with your days yeah yeah it's very true and i suppose just on, on a sort of technical side, I mean, particularly in the UK market, alcohol advertising is very tightly regulated with really a large number of things that alcoholic brands wouldn't be allowed to do. But I guess, obviously, <laughs> you, you won't be covered by all of that regulation, which will allow you to do a lot of things that the, the alcohol-based um, beers um, aren't able to do. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, we, we definitely can can do more and don't don't kind of collide with with as much legislation but you'd be surprised that particularly digital on on facebook um kind of ads getting blocked because you're mentioning alcohol i think we once got told by by facebook that we needed to describe it as a multi drink of goodness or it was the strangest (laughs) description i've I've ever seen and then we still run into barriers on but we're not allowed to advertise just yet on on tiktok because we are still bracketed into into that alcohol category so we can definitely do more, but I'd actually say it's um, the the offline side of things that we it, life's a lot easier. We don't require those 
as much licensing and, and things like that and sampling is is a lot easier as, as a result yes and you know I, th- I think one of the things that, that often surprises people who are new to marketing actually is the amount of work that you have to do around regulation in in, in so many different things um but yeah just as you mentioned sampling there um that is interesting because obviously sampling certainly used to be one of the classic marketing methods um for food and drink products and um, particularly sort of supermarket-based sampling was, would, would be traditionally one of the ways that a new brand would be introduced. Um, so what, what, what is, is your approach to sampling? It's really interesting because I'm definitely feeling like there's somewhat of a renaissance of those more traditional techniques like, like sampling, as, as you mentioned. And for us, it's, it's hyper important. Like We are in what is now a very competitive market. There are a lot of really great alcohol-free options out there and ultimately um, we need consumers to taste the product but it goes back to a knowing your consumers and b knowing the moments that they're going to drink alcohol free and making sure that your sampling is targeting those moments really well because that first taste is taste is a huge factor in it but so is when they're drinking it you know that beer needs to be ice cold for us we know that um post any form of physical exertion, like a trail run, is a great moment to crack open, you know, a cold zero zero percent beer. So we sample at the end of finish lines. We get to running events. We also know that people drink alcohol-free when they're engaging in meaningful conversations. So we'd look to partner with book clubs or office events and things like that. Do you know? Do you know, I absolutely love that idea actually of offering the offering the beer at the end of a run because you are just associating it with health. Um, and I mean, believe it or not, the first Scottish marathon was sponsored by Tartan Special. <laughs> Actually, at the end of the marathon, we're handing out uh, cans of uh, alcoholic beer, which is certainly something that I don't think anyone would dream of doing um, nowadays. That does not um, surprise me. Um, but yes, I, I like that. So that's a very, a very non-traditional sampling strategy. Um, so it's, you're, you're not actually sampling. I mean, are you sort of sampling in... in shops or traditional sort of beer you know beer and wine off licenses we we have done bits and pieces so we've done trade shows we've done um craft beer festivals things like that like much more traditional to where we're at and and you know they they have their benefits but we've really found that if you're there at the moments that people are actually gonna drink that product like yeah people do drink it in bars they do drink it in pubs but there's there's the occasions for alcohol free that are where we really see our positioning where we really see beer for doing and the brand coming through and it allows us to be much more connected to the activation to to everything we do and that's kind of for me where like the growth piece of it comes in and where I'll work really closely with with brand is you know how do we how do we blow it up like growth for me is is where we're well we're an amplifier of a message that's already written or being written by brand and by other sides of the company and then we really think, well, I really think about how, A, how can we blow it up? And then B, how can we, how can we close the loop? So how can we get in front of those people at the end of the trail run? Again, digitally, what, what can we do with CRM? What can we do on paid social retargeting? What can we do on, on organic channels? Um, because half the battle is getting in front of them and getting them tasting the product and getting them loving it. The, the other half is then, you know, targeting them again, getting in front of them, being always front of mind. And that's kind of on a mercenary level, how you, how you close the loop and actually get purchases. Um, because that, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we're, what we're looking for. 
Yeah, well, actually, that's probably a great thing to go on to then. So, well, I mean, do, do you actually try and say gather email addresses when you're doing sampling, or is it more just, just an awareness um, piece? It's something we, we want to do more. It's something we talked about. We talk about a lot, and I think we want to veer away from there's something um, almost that feels antiquated about just, you know, can we have your email? Like, we, we, even that, we want to do it in a, in a different way. Like, can we do some, like, a beer pong competition or something at a sampling event with alcohol free and we acquire emails through a competition there or you know what what activation can we do that brings people in in a, in a new and exciting way and that's also you know shared for virality can we get an influencer down to the trail run and you know you get 30 minutes training plan with him if you, if you win the competition thinking about how we can acquire those emails but in a in a more unique way that's beyond you know, can we have your email for a 10% discount code or, or something? Yeah, yes, that is that really is quite tired, isn't it? Um, so then talking about online marketing, and obviously all of us have experienced probably quite a lot of price inflation um, mm. in, in particular, I think, I guess, in, in online marketing. Um, so, I mean, what, what, what is, is working well for you um, online? I think um, paid social continues to be a big, big part of our strategy, but we're, we're, you know, like, I think everyone in the, in the DC space, especially post iOS 14, we have seen, seen things change. We've seen the importance of creative. I think a lot more, you can't just put your ads on Facebook and, and see success straight away. You need to work for it. You need to, you need to make creative that resonates with, with your consumers. And again, that goes back to knowing those moments and knowing your consumers really, really well. What are they actually saying? I think something I see a lot with creative on paid social is it's it's not designed or written in words that people are actually saying. Like why why are people drinking alcohol free beer? There's a quote I love from a video we made of um a kind of young dad who's like, I I just can't cope being on a hangover with a little one anymore. Like that's a great piece of copy to put in paid social to to design around because it's authentic um but aside from that Andrew, a big one we're seeing is is brand partnerships and and closing the loop via email so whenever we are getting down to the finish lines then working with the the organizers or our partners to get get in front of the audience tell them a little bit more about the brand but importantly like post taste they've tried the product now we can really let them know about about the brand and that's that's where we're seeing Seeing good success, and then, um, well, the the infamous TikTok is definitely an organic channel still, uh, not not paid, but we're we're having a lot of fun there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I have to say, I I have really got into TikTok um, uh, myself, and I mean, I'm I, I believe I actually am in one of the higher higher growing demographics, and I think the sort of forty five plus demographic is actually really taking to TikTok. So the idea that TikTok was purely you know, purely for young people, I think, has really, um, you know, it's definitely broadened out um, quite substantially, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you'll find, well, over the last six months to a year, most um, marketing teams across the country scurrying, trying to find someone that really understands the platform, understands the, you know, being native to it, who's on it, how how you win on it. and But that demographic is is changing on it. And it, you know, it is a huge, huge platform at the moment. I think it's almost a necessity to, to be on now. Yeah. Um, and I suppose some of that also goes back to 
understanding actually who your consumer really is um, in the first place. Because, you know, if, you, if you're going to be trying to write, you know, find people in the right place, you know, use the right type of messaging, you know, you really do need to properly understand, you know, who it actually is that, that you're speaking to. And I, I mean, I guess, I mean, what, do you have a, a, a younger consumer um, than, than most beer drinkers? Yeah, I think I think we definitely do, and I think that's largely down to our our brand messaging and our positioning and the idea of beer for doing. But but don't get me wrong, we do we do have kind of that forty plus bracket as well. Um, I think we've got a really nice breakdown of of male and female, which is really good to to see with a beer company. And I think that again is a testament to the kind of um, to the brand, its messaging, even its design. It's it's um, it's look and feel and really kind of taking that back to TikTok. Like we want to have some fun there as well. Like we want to be authentic. We don't focus much to the dismay of, of Mike and Duncan, our founders. We don't overly focus on the product. Yes, we're a beer company, but people on TikTok are not there to watch us talk about our brewing process or the Lanarmuir Hills where we get our water from. They want to see you know, us in the office having having some fun and they wanna they wanna relate to it. And that's really where we take our narrative from on TikTok. That's that's really interesting actually because there are very there are very few brands where it's actually the the, the, the people who work in the brand who who are on the TikTok. Um, I mean normally it will either be somebody paid and I suppose as as we know, you know, the the so called user generated content quite a large amount of the time it's not users that are generating yeah, it yeah, is it it's people who've been uh who've, who've been paid to do it but yeah you can't i just don't think you can quite you know i think people do see through it you know the consumer is very very smart i think people can tell whether something has been made by a professional or or, or whether it's the the real people behind the brand that are doing it oh yeah absolutely and we had to do a lot of learning in the beginning just to to work out you know how we even film on TikTok. I think uh, Luke, our um, intern from Bath Uni, who does a lot of the TikTok, has called. Well, he certainly called me the youngest boomer he's ever met because of my um, my TikTok, my TikTok skills. But it's interesting, like you mentioned, the team, I guess, because like even going back to what differentiates days from from other brands, it always seems so strange to say that a huge USP of your product is your internal team. Like, what does that mean? That sounds really odd but but genuinely when you're a small team starting out like I think it's one of the the most important pieces to work cross across the whole team to work with each other to trust each other but also to have a laugh and and honestly that's what a TikTok has has become is it's like um it's like 2022's edition of of the office our TikTok like it's just going through the 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 day-to-day life of an office environment in a startup world which people which happens across the country and that's what makes it makes it so relatable i was just thinking while you were speaking about whether we should have tiktoks of life in the machine labs office but i think i think possibly not actually <laughs> you can have much more fun in a consumer brand um but i guess i guess the other way you know tiktok has been the the huge um online thing but you know i mean the offline world is still is still really important i know we've mentioned it briefly in sampling um, but I mean, what I mean, are you using offline marketing channels as well for for customer recruitment? So we've tested a bit of bit of print stuff um, uh, with mixed results, but we've also done we did a big 
out of home campaign um, in Shoreditch around around Valentine's Day, which was all about alcohol and its relationship with sex. So we had massive billboards saying uh, beer for doing it, uh, bottoms up, cheaper than oysters. Uh, and, and it was great. And I think, you know, out of home is the hardest thing in, in the world to track. It's a performance marketer's nightmare. When you connect it to a campaign like that, it works really, really well. And it, and it cuts through the noise in a way that a lot of things don't. You know, you see the same tube ad on in London that's been there for, for five years. And, and I think the interesting thing with, with Out of Home and with in-person or, or IRL marketing in general is it's still online that blows it up. So particularly with something like Out of Home or Billboards, funnily enough, when you see them doing best is when someone picks it up on LinkedIn and was like amazing campaign from days and it suddenly got 5,000 likes or when you optimize everything for shareability. Like last night we had a big sampling event. I was going to hire a zip car to get all the beers there and then actually we were like, no, let's get pedal.me, we'll get a bike trailer We'll load it all up with the cases of beer. We had this like three meter long bike trailer in Borough Market cycling across half the city of London. And we've made, you know, heaps of reels, heaps of TikTok from that for the same price that we would have hired a hired a zip car. So it's like whenever you're doing those offline pieces of marketing, what is it that you can do there to to blow it up, to optimize it for for virality, wherever you are? How are people then going to get that online? Because that's still how things cascade uh, on on the offline channels, certainly. Um, and I think that's really important when you're when you're thinking about these things. It's like cool, but actually, you know, someone takes a picture of this billboard in Shoreditch. Are they going to talk about it? Are they going to put it on Instagram? Are they going to put it on TikTok? Are they going to put it on LinkedIn? Um, so it is really about closing that loop, and that's where I love working with brand because they come up with these crazy ideas, and then I'm like, okay, let let's you know let's blow this up. Yeah, and I guess also, I suppose what is is unusual here is you are doing two separate things because you do have a business selling to on trade as well, don't you? So you are doing some brand awareness for the on trade side of your business, and then I guess the more traditional performance marketing for you know e commerce, you know th- through your website. Um, in fact, I mean, do you find do you find any problems with sort of any conflicts between that direct to consumer side and the the on trade side? Honestly, no. I think, again, we work really closely as a, as a result of being a, a tight-knit team with our on- and off-trade national account managers. Um, we see a lot of post-purchase survey answers coming in that, you know, they first heard about days in a pub, in a bar, in, a, in, in the grocery, and then they've come online to make that bigger, bigger order. So there is a real connection there. And, and it's the on-trade in particular where we really hear what consumers are thinking about the alcohol free market like that's where the best research is is done and i you know i'll always want to get involved in sales blitz where we go out uh, on the trade we speak to bar managers we actually learn what people are saying because again it's it's hyper relevant to everything in the in the online e-commerce space yeah and i can actually see that it's a very different occasion as well isn't it because the, the occasion where you're going to buy from a direct-to-consumer site, that's not going to be the occasion of, of, of going out with your friends. It's, 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 it's two, two very different things. 
Just to finish up, I guess one of the things that's quite unusual about you as a marketer is you did actually start in hospitality, dealing, uh, selling face-to-face, I guess, with, with, with customers, and now you've moved online. So how, how, how have you found that transition? Um, yeah, so I, I worked, um, well, I worked for my mum for, for years, um, who was caterer and then had a cafe in, in, in Edinburgh. And there's a few things in there. Like I think one, working in hospitality is is exceptionally hard <laughs> and it uh, you develop a tough skin that you then take into an office and in high pressure environments you're kind of like hey you've never been shouted at by someone who's paninis 10 minutes late or or the pint's seven quid and they don't want to pay for it yeah i mean something something i if i see hospitality on a cv when i'm recruiting even if someone has just you know served tables while they were at uni uh for me that is always a strong positive because I think there's a real understanding of customer service and hospitality, um, and it's also incredibly hard work. So I always think if someone is good at dealing with people and working very hard, that's always a great, a great thing to see on, on, on a CV. Yeah, and I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's hard work, it gives you confidence, and it massively improves your communication. So that's communication within the team. Uh, when you're going into an environment or you're going into employment, but it's also communication outbound. I honestly, yeah, like if you're online and you're looking to help your your company grow, then the best way to do that is to get out and speak directly to your consumers. Like there's a lot of data you can look at. You can get very lost in Google Analytics um, or in Ads Manager, but when you're out there speaking face-to-face with, with honest customers, that's where you'll learn the most. That's where you'll learn about your brand, but also about your space. And you can take all that and you can take it online and, and you can communicate it. And I think, like you say, it gives you a grounding um, and it gives an authenticity to, to what you're doing and to, and to what you're saying. That's, that's not always there with, with, with marketing. And I think we, we all know that working in the space. And when you see something that looks insincere or um not authentic you you flag it like it it's it's off-putting so I, re- I really think it's it's super important i think whether it's working in hospitality or whether it's working in something like field sales and really getting out there and and pounding the streets day to day it gives you an, an amazing grounding to then take things online into the digital sphere yeah, fantastic well thank you very much i've, I've really enjoyed uh, that that conversation. Great to speak to someone else who made the move from hospitality into marketing as well. Um, oh, that's back in the day for me. But yeah, thank you very much. And and, and you know, I think it's too. It's, it's a great reminder there that that you know, marketing and actually selling to the person face to face are two two very similar things. So thank you very much, Aidan. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Really appreciate you having me on. One of the things that's incredibly important in e-commerce marketing is to really understand your customer and who your customer actually is, not who you think they might be. If you install Machine Labs, we'll enrich your database with 950 extra demographic variables covering everything from age to income to gender to whether they're rural or urban, whether or not they have a garden, what type of pets they have, what their hobbies and interests are, the size of the household, education level, and several hundred more. This allows you to have hyper-targeted messages uh, to each consumer individually. You'll also find things like product recommendation uh, suddenly starts getting a lot more accurate, um, as you know much more about each individual customer. 
Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time on The Joy of Marketing.